Good morning, celebration. My name is Austin. My name is Andrew. We're glad y'all are here this morning. We glad have some announcements for y'all. And our first announcement is Friday morning prayer from 7 to 8 a.m. Be here. It's a, it's a great time to start your day, start your morning uh, with some time with the Lord, some time in prayer. Absolutely. We host it here at the, at the church. You can just walk in. You can do your devotional. You can do your daily reading. Sit, sit and pray. It's a great time to spend. Uh, we have the lights dimmed in the main sanctuary. Yep, some yep. worship music in the background. Sometimes a pastor will get up and say a prayer over the room. But it's just a great time to start your day, start your Friday, absolutely, and end your week. Yeah, one of the best. I would say one of the best not best ways, if not the best way, to start a start a good Friday, start Amen. the weekend. So we have that in as well. Super exciting. Our very first YA retreat. So that's super exciting. We have it March 10th through the 12th. Uh, it's a $25 deposit, and it's just going to be an amazing time of fun and fellowship. And uh, you can sign up through the Church Center app, and we'll be having a fundraiser, so be on the lookout with that. If you cannot uh, get that deposit, we want to make sure that you're able to make it, that money is not a problem. But again, mark your calendars March 10th through the 12th YA Retreat. Yeah. Amen. We'd love to have you all there. Absolutely. It'll be awesome. It's be Next, amazing. we have Celebration in College. We have it every Monday starting at 6.30. Dinner is provided. Ooh. Coffee is provided for all the coffee lovers out there. And it's a great time to just equip yourself, learn more about the Lord, learn more about the Lord, grow closer with the Lord. Absolutely. And it's awesome. We're, we're a few weeks in. We're in our faith class right now and our New Testament class. And if you want, if you're interested, you can come in, audit a class for free, see if you like it, see if you're interested in just getting in the ministry. Absolutely. Getting equipped and just learning more about the Lord. It's it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pastor Brandon is there giving you the word, pouring into you, so it's an amazing time. As well, we have small groups. At Wednesdays, we have men's, women's, marriage, and we have a new kids ministry ministry. at 6.30 on Wednesdays, it's K through 5, so it's an amazing time uh, for K through 5. Give them, just pour into them. Uh, you can drop off your kids there and then have them there. And while you're there, you know, married couple, go to the marriage uh, small group. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah. Uh, and we have Thursday's prime time, so 50-plus uh, on Thursdays, 6.30. And as well, we have the Saturday small group. Make room for Jesus, 9 a.m. at the Colvins. Yep, if you want more awesome. information, talk to talk to Damien, Colvin, uh, and Jamie, and they will have that information. Or on the church uh, website. Yeah, and so, the Church Center app. Church Center app. The small groups on there. Yeah, There's absolutely. also a young adult small group. Woo-hoo. We have activity groups. We have co-ed. We have two men's groups, two women's groups, or one women's group. I think I'm two women, sure. women, or one women's group, yeah. But... The young adult small groups are equally as awesome. Yeah. Equally just just growing closer with people in our community. Absolutely. And just growing closer with the Lord is Absolutely. the main thing. Absolutely. And also on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., we have our youth. And me and Andrew are both leaders in the youth. Yes, sir. And it's awesome what yeah. the Lord is doing in our youth. He's, Absolutely. He's touching a lot of kids' hearts, and it's really powerful. It's at uh, 7 p.m. on Wednesdays, so... If you're married, bring bring your younger kids, kindergarten through fifth grade. Bring your older kids, sixth grade through twelfth grade, yeah. to the youth. Yeah. And 
And then we you, would love to love to host y'all. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can go to the marriage counseling uh, or the marriage small, small group. group, not counseling, <laughs> small group. And um, as well, we have young adults Thursday at 7.30 p.m. So be there. It's awesome for uh, young adults, 17 plus. It's just an amazing time of fellowship to worship and come and draw closer to the Lord. So you have a lot of options uh, with it's all great. these small groups, which is amazing. You can make a lot of the different times. You got youth, you got young adu- young adults, everything going on Wednesdays. And again, plug get plugged in with a small group. It's amazing to be able to iron sharpen iron yeah. and to just be with fellow believers that love the Lord. So that yeah. being said, I think that's about all we have. Yeah, and, we hope uh, you all enjoy this service. Yes. And... We'll see y'all next time. See y'all next time. Y'all have a good one. Later. Peace. Church, if you'll stand to your feet, we're going to get to some worship this morning.
beautiful day it is to be here and worship together as one huge, fabulous family. It's such a big deal to start your week off that way. I'm so honored that y'all are here with us. Okay, did anybody notice something different this morning besides the acapellanist? But did anybody look around the room and go, something's not right? Something's not right. Hey, there are no bulletins on the chairs. I know, the girls in the office went crazy. We are now going to to have your bulletins in front of each door, um, each set of doors. There will be a table there for uh, the bulletins, and then there will be some at the front door. So, one thing that didn't change, they kept, was the QR codes. The QR codes are there. They will stay there. But what the QR code is, it's going to take you to what we call Celebration World, which is everything that we have to offer digitally, which will be the notes for today's message. And there is a Connect card in there, which is in the bulletin as well. But if it's your first time, if you wouldn't mind filling that Connect card out so that we can, um, we would like to get to know you. We'd like a little bit of get to know you info. And then if you'll take your card or show your card on your phone to our Connection Center, we have a gift for you for choosing to worship with with us today. It's a big honor to have you here. So take your card to the Connection Center at the end of the service and we have a gift for you. Now if it's not your first time then you know we'd like for you to fill out the card because we'd like to know that you're here. On the back at the bottom is a place for prayer requests and there's a place for prayer requests in Celebration World as well. If you have something you're believing God for and would like for our prayer team to pray for you this week by name, this is a big deal to us. It's a huge honor as well to go before the Lord for what you are believing for within your own small community, your home. And not everybody has a small community, I know, but yet what's going on in your life? We would like to pray with you and for you about this week. So that's on the back of the card. Now, if it's not your first time, then you know your cards go in the black boxes on the back wall, along with tithes and offerings, if you can prepare to give that way. But if it's your first time, I'll remind you to go to our Connection Center because we'd like to just meet you. We'd like to have those few minutes to meet and then get your gift for choosing to be with us today. That's all I got. Nothing extra today. They left me out of something. So if you'll turn your attention to the screens, we got some announcements. What's up, Celebration Church? I'm Caitlin. And I'm Weston. And we're here to bring you your Sunday morning video announcements. And our first announcement is that our next Dream Team orientation will be happening February 25th at 9.30 or 11. Those are just in between each service. So we have one between the first and the second, and then we have one between the second and the third. And both of those will be meeting in the second foyer by the Merch Center. So if you're interested in joining any of the areas we have here at Celebration Church, we want to see you there February 25th at 9.30 or 11. That's right. And speaking of areas you should be interested in, small groups are happening. We got three days of them. We got Wednesdays. We got Thursday. And Saturday. You can go to three days a week of small groups. Because that's where life happens. Yeah. And if you want any more information on what those are, where they are, what time they're meeting, you can go to our website, which is celebrationchurchlive.com. Coming up very shortly, we have two mission trips opportunities. 
One will be happening in July and the other will be happening in November. So if you're ready to just dive in and get signed up, you can do that through the Church Center app. But also you can find more details in the Church Center app. That's right. And our very first YA retreat is Woo! happening. And it's coming up soon on March 10th through the 12th. There is a $25 deposit and you can sign up on the Church Center app. So do it. Do it. Be a part of the first ever YA retreat on March 10th through the 12th. $25 deposit. Well, that's it. That's all we have for you guys. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> Woohoo. So enjoy the service. That's right. Bye, guys. Good morning. Glad y'all are here uh, this morning with us. Thankful to everyone who's joining us digitally, wherever you might be, and uh, thankful to be able to gather and to connect um, right here in this space. Um, and so before we jump into um, the uh, the rest of the service, uh, we just got to want to, real quick, I've got a buddy of mine, we've mentioned the mission trips, and um, anyways, he's over in Ethiopia. He'll be leading the trips that we've announced. And um, so there's just, uh, I mentioned it in YA and there's a, they're carrying the gospel into spaces that the gospel has not gone. And there's a village there that uh, was just had eight young men say yes to Jesus. And that's remarkable. And in a village, yes. I mean, here and now, uh, this is a, this is a moment right out of the right out of the book of Acts, man, where people go in and that uh, people are receiving and saying yes to Jesus. Um, and just like out of the book of Acts, the community um, responded in um, in a hateful way. And um, I don't have the the pictures this morning, but I shared them in YA that, um, that some of these young men were literally beaten, and that they have still had the scabs as Les was there. Um, ministering to these guys and discipling them and what a beautiful thing that we have that we can worship that we can come together together that we don't have to be uh, afraid of the retribution but at the same time what an amazing thing that there are believers on the planet here and now who are willing to get beat for their faith who are willing to say, you know what, I am, I believe in Jesus and what he's done and no attack from my community, no attack from the people that they, they care about is going to turn them away. And so um, in our place of prayer, uh, I just want to lift these, these eight young men up. Um, I was just stirred on Thursday to do that. And um, this is the last service, so I can take a little time. So, and uh, so I want to be able to to just lift them up in prayer. So let's just go ahead and go to a place of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful for this moment where we get together and we're thankful for the freedom. Lord, we're so grateful for the freedom we have to bring our families and connect and not be afraid or intimidated on any level. Thank you for getting to be discipled in a space of peace. But Lord, we know that we have brothers and sisters that they don't have that. 
And so, Lord, we just lift up um, these eight young men in Ethiopia. Heavenly Father, Lord, we lift them up even as they're still healing from their wounds. Lord, and we just pray, Lord, that they're encouraged. We pray that they are built up. Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that you make a a place of opportunity, Lord, for them to, to be able to grow. Lord, to be able to be bold where they're with their, the message of the hope in Jesus, Lord. And, and Lord, we pray for the attackers, Heavenly Father. We lift them up. We pray, Lord, that their hearts would soften, Lord, and that there would be revival in that village, Lord, as these bold young men just stand true to who Jesus is, the love that's been expressed through Jesus, Lord, and that they would be able to live that out and see transformation in their families, Heavenly Father. Lord, we're thankful for our community. Lord, help us to be bold. Help us to open our mouths, Heavenly Father. Help us to, because there are people right here in San Angelo who are just unaware of how much you love them, what you've done, what's so available in Christ. Lord, help us to be bold. Help us to, to do, be the people we're called to be. And Father, Lord, we want to, in this moment, lift up all those who are Lord, boldly serving. We're thankful for our first responders. Lord, we pray over them. Lord, pray protection and encouragement over them. We're thankful for our educators, Heavenly Father, Lord, that and pray, Lord, wisdom and peace over them. We're thankful for our medical teams, Lord, that, Lord, that there would be a space where they're ministering from a, a place of care and health, Lord, beyond their training, Lord, that you, you would be ministered to and through them, Heavenly Father, and, and pray over our military and their families, Lord, that there'd be a place of peace even when they're not being able to be together. We thank you for your hand at work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, well, we are uh, in the third part of our series that we're calling Right at Home, where we're looking at what it means to let God make things right um, in our home, in whether we live by ourselves or we, uh, y'all were maybe like us, and we, we had seven kids, so we got a, had a, uh, at one point, um, had a very loud, rowdy home, um, whatever it may look like, um, that to let God restore, make things right at home. Because here's the truth. These moments of gathering together, they're beautiful, they're purposeful, they're needful. They're something we should not, the scriptures say, do not neglect meeting together. Uh, so your hats off to you, you're, you're doing that. But these moments are to help prepare you and equip you for all the moments that you live every day, for the moments you live at home and to help you be prepared to say yes to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life and in that, those daily discipleship moments. And we want to, to be a part of that and to help you, help you grow on that front. So if you did grab a bulletin, if you have your Bible app that you're tracking along with us, we, we're leading off with this idea that uh, to make things right at home, um, we must choose daily to serve the Lord. We've got to choose every day to serve him. We've been launching out of Joshua chapter 24. And in that space, um, we've pointed out that this is towards the end of Joshua's um, ministry as the leader of Israel. Uh, that he is the, has been the one who carried them across the Jordan River into the promised land, led them as, as, a, uh, as they battled and took over the promised land and saw God's miraculous hand at work in creating a space for the millions of people that were, came out of Egypt, then wandered in the desert, and then eventually stepped into the promised land. And now they've, the land has been conquered, the land has been divided, and the people are settling in and making their homes. 
And as they're making their homes, Joshua is handing the leadership off, not to one person, but to multiple people who are leading their households. That now it's going to be the the households of Israel, choosing or not choosing, to be able to follow God. And so now in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, uh, we see Joshua say, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates. So the pressures of history, the pressures of family patterns, that, that, that can be a problem. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living, current culture, the, the, the space of or people around you that don't honor God. So th- those can be the two, two pools in our lives. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. For me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua is declaring that even though his responsibility to lead on a big stage is being handed over to a bunch of individuals who are going to lead their homes, that Joshua understands how important the daily stage is, his place of leadership in his home. And he's making a fresh declaration, even though he's lived his entire life serving God. He's like, I know I still have to choose, even today, what I'm going to do and what my household is going to do. And he chose in that space to serve the Lord. said, me and my household, we're not letting up. We're not backing off. God's brought us into the promised land, but we know to live in the fullness of what God has brought us into. We have to continually choose to serve him. He's brought us this far, but we know it's him that's going to finish the work and carry things on all the way into a place of full completion. And Joshua is understanding that and challenging the people of Israel. And we're going to get into their response uh, in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to kind of set the stage and get our mindsets to see and really bring in the gravity of the way that they respond. And to do that, we need to understand this, that that gratitude is vital in keeping our hearts open to God. Being grateful, a space of gratitude, it is essential to having our hearts continually open to him. And as a preacher, every every time I talk about gratitude or thankfulness or any of those things uh, on that front, um, my favorite thank you God story um, it's a story with uh, my son and uh, Weston. And if, uh, if you've heard this story before, you get to listen to it again. So, uh, um, but in our home, um, I made the decision as a young, zealous dad that uh, Clark kids had to wait until they were eight years old to kill a deer. And so um, now as a grandpa, I'm like, oh my gosh, an eight-year-old's a baby. What on earth were you, th- what on earth with 29-year-old Brandon thinking of putting a 223 in the hands of an eight-year-old kid? And, uh, but it worked out. All, all has been, all has been good in our uh, wild method of doing that. And so, but it was Keenan did it. And then Brooklyn had her, her hunting moment, uh, when she was eight. So then Weston, um, our third child, uh, who is, uh, today a 24 year old father of two himself, um, but was eight years old at this point. Um, it was his turn to hunt. Now his hunt was different than his older siblings hunt in the fact that this was a group hunt. 
and it was going to be four dads with four sons um, all going out for the boys to get their first deer. And so it was extra special in that Weston was getting to go out to, to do this with, with three, of his, three of his buddies. And so, but that also adds some pressure. Now, Weston was the youngest of the three, of the four in, with the, in the group. He was the youngest. And um, you get a bunch of little, little boys together. Um, and then us, us big boys, we get together and get alone. We turn into little boys again. And, and it's always some form of competition. And so there's just going to be this place of competition. So on the way out to the ranch, uh, the boys, they're already mouthing. You know, who's going to get the biggest deer, all that stuff. Who's going to be the better hunter? And, uh, you know, Weston, uh, who's the youngest of the, the group, um, he's like feeling this pressure before we even get out there. We get out there have that first evening hunt the other three boys all get their deer first hunt boom it's done they, they, they've they've conquered nothing came into our blind Weston didn't have an opportunity nothing came in so when we get back to the cabin and we've come in at dark and we're gonna have dinner and all that and you know the other three boys are all taking pictures with their deer and you know Weston's kind of sitting there you're like kicking rocks a little bit and he he didn't get an opportunity and so we've got the morning hunt the next day which then he feels extra pressure like he feels it they've already done it and he he can he's just like this little eight-year-old is just weighed down with this thing of what if I don't get anything what if I miss everybody else has done good I'm going to be the one left and he's just got all of those things um, on his mind and of course we get out to the deer blind early in the morning well before dark get set before light get set up get everything going and I'm telling you God just brought in the sacrifice (laughs) and so uh, we were all hunting for does on this ranch and this doe just walks in halfway between the blind and the feeder it's just super close and just stands there just like stands there completely broadside like Hey, hey, buddy, right here, right here, buddy, come on, and just stands there. And so Weston, you know, pulls his little gun up and has everything ready, and, and he doesn't have buck fever, he's got doe fever. And so he's just sitting there, just sitting there trying to breathe and getting everything. And I'm like, son, you're going to have to take the shot. This thing is not going to camp out here all day. But, but it did. It just, it just like got frozen or something. It was just like, it was not going anywhere. And so sure enough, he squeezes off a, a great shot, hits it exactly right, just drops down, textbook, fantastic shot, goes down. And, uh, and so, and then of course, he was elated. I've got a picture uh, for you guys of, uh, there's little Weston, just is, like, why did I give that kid a gun? Like, <laughs> like he looks like a baby. Like, what, what on earth am I doing? But it, it worked. And so, um, but anyways, as he's still sitting there in, in the blind, we, we can ditch the picture now. And so, <laughs> As we're sitting there in the blind, he, the deer goes down. He's got his he's got his gun, and as soon as the deer dr- drops, Weston's head just drops, and he, he I look over and he's crying, and Weston is the most tender-hearted of us, Clark. He's just incredibly incredibly tender-hearted. He's always been a very compassionate uh, person, and so he's just very tender. And I think he's crying 
um, over this animal that's now dead. And so, and I, I'm, then I'm feeling terrible. Did I pressure him into this? My, my this, if I scarred my kid, I'm like, you know, and I'm just all this dad stuff is sitting there. And so, and he's just sitting there and he has his, his head down between his shoulders and, and he's crying. And then I start to hear him and he's, he's talking. And so I'm sitting there listening and he's sitting there going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And what, what I'm, the, the next phrase that come out, comes out of his mouth, uh, if, if you're a deep church insider, you're like, yes, okay, maybe an eight-year-old boy that was raised by in a pastor's home said this. Um, you know, but the rest of you are thinking, you pastor, you're making this up. He did not say that. I'm telling you, he said it. And so, but we're sitting there and he's, he's down like this. And he says, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. And now we kid you not. I tell you, he turned to a 50-year-old Pentecostal preacher. Like he did like, he just lighting it up, man. And so, and it was, he was just so overwhelmed with thankfulness and gratitude and what I didn't know he told me after the fact that he had he had prayed before he went to sleep that God would help him to be able to get a deer he was feeling the pressure and he took that pressure and so wisely put it on God's shoulders I said Lord I'm gonna need help tomorrow and when he did pull off a great shot he did exactly what his dad had coached him to do he didn't pound his chest and say see dad I knew I could do it dad that was a great shot I'm a good hunter I could do that he knew that there was some grace involved in that moment and he was so overwhelmed with gratitude that his win he knew was not completely his win. He gave the glory where in that space, whereas he had prayed that he had taken those pressures, he had given it to God. He was just overwhelmed with gratitude. He was just so overwhelmed with gratitude. And, and I remember that moment so beautifully because at that point, there's a space where ever since, every time I think about that story, I'm, I'm aware that there are moments every day that you and I miss to be grateful. You and I miss them because we slip in. Pride is so sneaky. It slips in and there's a base level of competence we feel that everything that happens in that base level of competence, we feel like we get kind of credit for it. And then there's these extremes that happen that all of a sudden we go, oh, thank you, Jesus, for over there. Oh, thank you, Jesus, over there. But there's this space where we feel like, oh, we kind of got it. We, we kind of have this. And God's grace is at work in our lives every day. And because you and I are so easily take the credit for different things, so easily do, do it, we miss opportunities to just be, live in a place of gratitude for God every day. And for us to be able to shift that, to be able to break out of that tendency, we're going to have to lift our eyes up off of ourselves and our own competence and understand that there's a God who's for us and active in our lives and we need to see him at work. Psalm 100 verse 4. It's one of the Psalms of Ascent. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And the Psalms of Ascent were short Psalms, easy to memorize, quick to say that as the people of Israel would walk up the steps of the temple, 
These were these psalms that all of them are to reframe their thought pattern, to, to get their minds on the right kinds of things as they're going to worship. And this is one of those. Psalm 100 is one of those psalms of ascent. And here's one of the lines from Psalm 100 as they're literally walking up the steps. They're saying to themselves, reminding them, themselves, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. They're walking up the steps and reminding us as I'm entering his courts, as I'm entering his presence, do it with gratitude, do it with thanks. Why? Because God's like, if you're gonna come into my presence, you better be grateful. You better be grateful. That's God's, God's not that kind of God. He's not demanding that of us in that space. The thing is, is if you and I don't come into his presence with thanksgiving, we will miss places where he's been at work. We're not going to see the fullness of his hand at work until we say, you know what? I'm going to look at my life through a lens of thanksgiving, a lens of gratitude. And as soon as I do that, go, oh, wow. You've had those moments where you've periodically been challenged to to purposely be thankful and as you list off some of these different things the air in your lungs the the fact that you woke up today the different thing all of a sudden you they just start snowballing oh my goodness oh my god there's so many things i should be thankful so many things it changes it shifts our attitude See, our word gratitude is linked to the Latin word gratia, which means grace. And so gratitude is actually this attitude of seeing grace at work in our lives. Gratitude is the natural response to grace, to grace at work in our lives. And and if we've had a day where we end up and we end the day kind of grumpy and frustrated and somebody's like, how's your day been? Like, please don't ask. In that moment, we've more than likely, I guarantee it, we missed opportunities to see God's grace at work. However frustrating the day had been, whatever had went sideways, however things had not gone the way you had hoped that they would go, God's grace was at work in different spaces. And but you miss looking for and noticing and being appreciative of his grace at work and it robs you of the thankfulness that should naturally be in our lives as the children of God. Romans chapter one, verse 21 says, for although they knew God, there's people who knew God and acknowledged his existence, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. They didn't give him thanks. They didn't recognize. It wasn't a place of gratitude. But their thinking became futile. It became pointless. It became silly. Their thinking was in the wrong direction. Their, Their thinking became futile. And their foolish hearts were darkened. All of a sudden, if we're not grateful, thankful, we're missing God's grace at work in our lives. And now our thought patterns are getting off. Our thought padding patterns are getting foolish. Why? Because we're not calculating God's grace into the equation. As we're thinking about a situation, 
a lack of gratitude, the fact that God's for us, he never leaves us, he never doesn't forsake us, the fact that, that God is a God of miracles, that God is a God of restoration, we're not calculating that in to the situation and then now our thoughts are futile. But you and I, who have a relationship with God, not based on our performance, but based on what Christ had done, you and I, man, when we, we have grace at work all over our lives. But if we're not seeing it, we're not thankful and we're not allowing that to come in. And it will, honestly, it will break our thinking. If you want to transform your thinking, you're having a hard time with some of your thought patterns, bring gratitude on purpose into your life. On purpose, think of things to be grateful for. And I'm telling you, you will see it transform your thought patterns. You will see it. Your thoughts will quit being futile. Your heart will quit being darkened as you begin to be thankful for God and his work in your lives. See, gratitude for what God has done keeps us focused on what God will do. Recognizing what he has already done keeps our heart focused on the fact that even when we're in a tough moment, we know God is going to be faithful. We know he's going to be. And this is where we come back to Joshua chapter 24. And now we're going to look at their response to his challenge. And then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord, our God himself, who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through whom, uh, through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. As they were making their decision that we too are going to serve the Lord. They, what was being calculated into that was an awareness that God had been faithful to the people of Israel for all of this time. They were remembering what God had done so that they could say, you know what? We're going to continue to serve him because we know he is faithful to fulfill his promise. We know he is. So we can boldly say, we're going to continue. We're going to continue to serve him. We're going to walk with him. And notice that it wasn't just them remembering what they had seen God do. They said that he had been faithful to us and to our parents. He'd been faithful to our parents. Well, now they're they're referencing the stories of their parents' testimony. Part of their willingness to say, yes, we're going to serve God boldly. We're going to serve God in our homes too was because of what their parents had passed on that God had done. Every parent in this room has a reason you're in this space. There's nobody who is in this space today who's here just because you're just going to church and this is what culturally you do. Our culture doesn't care if you go to church. You could be all sorts of places right now and nobody would care. Nobody would care. You made the decision to be here. You made the decision to bring your family here. And there was something significant that God has done in your life. 
There's some place where God's faithfulness has been shown. And you're like, you know what? I want to raise my kids up in an awareness of a God who's real and makes a difference. And you know what? And they need to know the scriptures. They need to know those things. But they also need to know your story. And you may have to give them the PG version or the G version, depending on their, their age. Give it to them age appropriate. Okay, Don't lay on something they're not ready to take. But let them know how faithful God has been to you and to your family. When they get to the place of making a decision of for them and their household, that's part of the foundation. The spiritual heritage is part of it. And maybe you're on the front line in your family. Maybe before you, none of your family cared about God. Maybe you're starting your spiritual heritage. I tell you what, tell the stories to your kids. Maybe you're part of a wonderful legacy. Tell your stories, tell your parents' stories, tell your grandparents' stories. I am so thankful that there are key pivotal stories that are not just in my life or in my parents' life, but in my grandparents' life and my great-grandparents' lives. It, it, it just, I, I'm thankful that there is a heritage of faith that has helped me to be able to say, you know what, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And I didn't grab that out of thin air. I grabbed that place that there was a foundation that was, that was passed on to me. That was, and then in my own experience, in my own place, I see, yep, nope, that is true. God is faithful. And in this space, that's how we begin to shift and allow God to, in, to direct our homes. First Chronicles 16, 34 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Just knowing that his love is not going to run out, that's a reason to be thankful all by itself. Just being sure that that's why you and I talk about the love of God all the time. Why? Because if God's going to be described in one word, scriptures say God is love. He's a lot of things, but if we boil it down, it's, it's love. The fact that his love endures forever, it's reason enough to give thanks to the Lord. And then Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever understanding that he doesn't change when we read the gospels we're not reading jesus when he was in his miracle mood okay then he was in his period where he did miracles and now he's in this period where he does something else no the scriptures remind us he's the same yesterday today and forever that's why when you and i read the gospels and we see that god is a provider that he's a healer that he's one who brings wisdom he's one who brings guidance that you and I can then grab a hold of that when we need provision, when we need healing, when we need guidance. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His faithfulness becomes a part of how we live out our faith. And when we show our gratitude to God, we're doing something that mirrors heaven itself. We get this little peek into heaven in Revelation chapter 7 verse um, 11 and 12 and it says all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the the four living creatures and they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying amen praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever amen here in the middle of heaven thanks to God is being declared gratitude for who he is 
And thanks to God doesn't have to be contingent on him just fixing some place of brokenness. There's no brokenness in heaven. Just who he is, that his love endures forever, is reason enough to be grateful. It's reason enough. But if if thanks is happening in heaven, well, guess what? Jesus told his disciples to pray on earth as it is in heaven. This is a place where you and I can participate in that. Participate in the on earth as it is in heaven. We can begin to be thankful just like the angels, just like the crowds of heaven give thanks to God. When you and I give thanks here on this place, we are mirroring heaven itself. It's, it changes the dynamic. It shifts things. And then we also need to understand that a lack of gratitude is a barrier to us fully loving God. Paul writes to his number one disciple, Timothy, in his second letter to him, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 4. Paul writes, he says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. We're going to pause right there. Because you and I, we're in this kind of environment, church people, and we can be real tempted to think about terrible times in the last days and with us all church people, we can like be tempted to go out to the front door and peek out, go, ooh, it is terrible out there. Oh, man. If you check the news lately, ooh, it's bad. It's, there's terrible things happening. It's just a mess. Like, oh, my goodness. It just Jesus, come back now. Like, like we, we can look out. But I want us to take that tendency we have. Let's just be honest about it. We have that tendency to read something like this and think about, everybody who doesn't love God and honor God and all the brokenness out there. And let's take this moment, turn our eyes and let's see if maybe there's a place we're challenged right here and right now. It says, but there'll be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. I don't know about you, but Paul punched me in the mouth right out of the bat. <laughs> like I've battled with that, I've battled being... It's the lover of myself, of Brandon, of looking out for my own needs and all of those different spaces. I've been right here already. I fall into a place of the terrible times. Why? Because when I've been a lover of myself, that's when I'm less of a husband than I should be. I'm not the, I'm not the man my wife needs when I walk into that space. When I've done that, I've not been the dad I've needed to be for my kids. I've certainly not been the pastor this church has needed to be me to be in those moments. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to us. People be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedience to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. When we peek our heads out of the church, we look at the world and all of the extreme brokenness we see, it's all rooted, it's fruit of this brokenness. It's all the natural growth of this. And we contend to say, ooh, that's the bad stuff. That's the stuff that's going on. And 
The truth is that will always be there if we, if we tolerate this in us. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to change things. And right in the middle, right in the middle as you look at this, is ungrateful. And gratitude begins to be this gateway to letting God move in our lives. When I'm grateful for things on the outside, all of a sudden I recognize and battle with being a lover of myself a little less. I battle with all of these things a little less when I allow gratitude to move into my life. But this last one, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This is the one that, let's just be honest, you and I were challenged with this all the time. Um, because the truth is, is we, we were built, we'll see it in just a second, we, we were built for things that, that are pleasurable, that God, God wired us. That's why you read heaven and it doesn't sound like a terrible place to be. There's full of promise and, and, and amazing things. And, but here's the challenge. Are we gonna be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God? And that's where a lot, I think a lot of our ingratitude comes from is we let that lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God come in and then all of a sudden we feel deprived and we feel rightfully disgruntled. When Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He promises that there'll be trouble, but that he's gonna overcome Here's our problem is if we're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, then when everything's going good, we have no problem serving God. But then when something challenges our pleasure, anything we feel like things should be this way, my expectations should be fulfilled, everything should go smooth in my life, something goes sideways on that. When a trouble in this world happens, all of a sudden we begin to get disgruntled and we get sideways and ungrateful. Instead of understanding that there's a God who's going to walk with us through the trouble, who's bigger and stronger than any of the things the enemy can throw at us, that our God is better at fixing things than the enemy is at breaking things. It completely shifts everything. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God wants us to be able to enjoy things of life, just not to have our focus and love those things more than him because it will be a bait every time to mess things up. But here's our root of our gratitude. God is faithful to turn things around. He's faithful to do it. There's nothing the enemy can break that God can't turn back for our good. Here's an amazing little candy. The Kit Kat, you know the song, give me a break, give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. And you can break it, shareable. Kit Kat is awesome heritage candy, been around for generations. And um, for decades, they would not tell anybody um, what the filling on the wafers of the Kit Kat are. And a few years ago, they went ahead and let everybody know what the filling of the wafers of the kick We'll go ahead and put the picture up so you can see the little line. You see those tiny little filling. There's not much there, but that tiny little filling 
um, of what that is. And, you know, I know it's not peanut butter because I taste the peanut butter. I like peanut butter. And so, but people couldn't quite figure out what it was. And they would ask, and oh, it's this proprietary. And finally, finally, they admitted what the filling of the Kit Kat is. And the filling of the Kit Kat is ground up Kit Kats that came out wrong. So as they're going off the conveyor belt and they get stamped wrong, they get messed up, they're a little wonky, they're not ready for packaging. They were in, things should have been a certain way and things just messed it up. Those Kit Kats get put to the side and then they get ground up and something a little extra added to it and that becomes the filling in the next batch of Kit Kats. See, the thing is, is every time you eat a Kit Kat, you eat something that's been perfectly brought together, but has, has been mistakes ground up on the inside of it. That in the previous process, when things didn't quite go right, they've been made right and useful. God is so good at taking the things that we feel like should be kicked to the side, should be ignored. And all of a sudden, if we'll put those things in his hands too, he'll be able to restore and bring it like it was supposed to be a part of the original design. They don't make something extra. They don't make a new thing. They don't say have repurposed Kit Kats. It becomes its original design. It becomes a Kit Kat all over again. That is what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to transform and we can live in a place of perpetual gratitude towards him because even when we make missteps, even when things go wrong, even when things are broken, we take it to him and he restores. And when it's all said and done, somebody looks at it and goes, man, it should have been that way the whole time. Man, I I love your life. What a beautiful thing. And you're like, you really want to know? You really want to know? You look at the layers. There's some brokenness in there. There's some mistakes in there. There's some messed up stuff. I know it looks like it should have always been that way, but I'm here to tell you it shouldn't have. There was some brokenness and our God is just better at fixing things than the enemy is at breaking things. And I'm telling you, God will turn things around. First Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory only exists when there's a struggle. It only exists when there's a struggle. There's going to be struggles, but I'm here to tell you, we can walk in, in thanks because he gives us the victory. When things don't go quite right, when things get off course, we keep giving it to him knowing he's going to bring it all back for our good. He's going to fold it back in and all of a sudden, you, someone on the outside looking in is going to go, man, that must have been God's plan all along. No, it wasn't. There was some foolishness, there was some stupidity, there were some attacks that never came from God, but he is so good at restoring. It looks like like God's hand was all over it the whole time. Our God is faithful and we can live in gratitude because of that. Our bottom line is this, that gratitude will anchor your attitude. It'll anchor your attitude. So we want to create a space right here and now that maybe you're ready to give your whole life to God. You may have been coming to church for a while saying, I need to fix this. I need to change this. And I need to kind of get some of these eliminated so, so God can, can use this. I need to get things ready for him. And the truth is, we see today, God just wants you. He just wants you. Just give him you. 
And he'll take the broken pieces. He'll take the messed up pieces. And he's had a plan for your life the whole time. And he'll begin to restore and put things back together in such an amazing, beautiful, restorative way that you'll just be absolutely astonished and overwhelmed with gratitude. And decree, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. So if you're here this morning and you're ready, to say yes to God who loves you and will take you that way and transform you out of his love. Not demand perfection, but give you his spirit to transform you because of what Jesus did. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is counted for you and you're ready to place your faith in that. And if that's you, I want you to just lift your hand and we're gonna pray. Awesome, awesome. Praise God. Yes, 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 yes. Believers, I want you to just lift your voice with these and we're gonna pray together. I'm gonna loan you some words. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for loving me so much that you sent Jesus in my brokenness, in my mistakes. While I didn't care, you cared and you loved me. And Jesus died for me. Today I believe that. And you're my father. I'm your child. Heaven's my home. And I give you permission to change me from the inside out in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can stand up. I want to pray for you as we go. Our prayer partners are coming forward right now. If you need prayer for anything at all, they are ready to pray with you. Um, We're going to give everybody a Kit Kat on your way out. Uh, Just a little something uh, sweet to remember that God is better. He's just better. Heavenly Father, we're just thankful for the love that you've expressed to us, that you're so good, Lord, and that we're still all young in this journey. We're still, you're still transforming each of us. You're still growing each of us and you're faithful to complete the good work you've begun. And Lord, we're confident. Lord, we're confident, Lord, that you're gonna take all those broken pieces, Lord, and do something really special with them. So Lord, we're going to be able to live in a place of gratitude. We're not going to let regret and shame hold us anymore. Right now, I do. I just break that. I just break shame right now. There's a space for shame. It's just plagued somebody. And I just break that right now. And I just thank you, Lord, for freedom from that. Lord, you're good. And your mercies endure forever. And we go out of here looking to you author and finish our faith in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a beautiful day. Thanks so much for being with us.